All right, welcome back to Steeler Country. I am Tony Serino. I have been the host of this show for, what, 13 years now? Or we, Me, Mike, and Joe started this podcast back in 2008. Uh, so, it's yeah, it's been 13 years since we've been doing this podcast. It's been a couple years since I've actually done an episode of Steeler Country. Of course, if you've been following me since then, first of all, thank you very much. Uh, you know I left to go to Locked On. Uh, I was part of the Locked On Steelers podcast, hosted that for a couple years, one year with my friend Chris Carter uh, before leaving that show. And now, here we are, back again on the Steeler Country podcast feed. I also have a YouTube channel now, so if you want to find me on YouTube or you want to see a video version of this podcast, check out the YouTube channel over on YouTube. Search Steeler Country. You will find me over there. But I'm going to start this podcast back up again. It'll be a weekly show throughout the offseason in leading into what's going to be a very interesting 2021 season as, as this team prepares for potentially life without Ben Roethlisberger or you know the, the last year of Ben Roethlisberger and this team trying to put it together one final year before Ben Roethlisberger goes off into retirement. Today we're going to talk to Chris Carter from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Of course, he was my longtime co-host at Locked On Steelers and so wanted to get his opinion today on what the outlook is for this Steeler team going into 2021. All right, so if I'm going to start up a new podcast, you know, I can't do it solo, okay? I have to, my first podcast has to be with my good friend, my former co-host on Locked On Steelers. You know him from DK Pittsburgh Sports. He's been on WPXI. He's he's everywhere. He's the host of Locked On Steelers currently. Chris Carter, welcome to Steeler Country. What up, bro? It's great to be. What's up, Tony? It's, I'm excited. Let's go. We, we, we're doing the show together? We do Absolutely. Tony Tuesdays? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm hyped. I'm hyped. We got, we got... We got Tony Tuesdays, but here on a Monday, we're here on, on Steeler Country to do. We, they're going to get their double dose of Tony and Chris together this week. Uh, Chris, we got a lot to talk about. This is going to be a crazy Steeler offseason. It's it's already started that way with the whole Ben rumors. Is he done? Is he not done? Last season, of course, we dealt with this, right? We we dealt with the, the talk from outside of Pittsburgh. Is Ben Roethlisberger done? Can he come back from that elbow surgery? And that was how Steeler fans spent their entire offseason answering those questions. This year, though, it feels like those questions might be coming from within, right? I mean, it seems like there's half the Steeler fan base who feels like, is Ben Roethlisberger done? I mean, he did throw, you know, he did throw many interceptions at the end of last season. Didn't look good for like the last six weeks of the season. So in your mind, Ben Roethlisberger coming back to this team now, it seems like he wants to come back. He's going to work out some contract stuff with the Steelers in the coming days. But is that a good thing for the 2021 Steelers to have a Ben Roethlisberger back given the way that he played at the, at the tail end of the 2020 season? It's only good if they do a couple things one they need to shirk the offensive line and two they need to get a better running back uh if, if they can do those two things and balance the offense and get a real yeah. running game then it's a good thing but if they come back with uh an offensive line that's still aging and there's no new investments and if they come back with no uh with benny snell as a starting running back with anthony farland and jalen yeah. samuels as the backups they're in a lot of trouble um and that's where I see it is that Ben can come back if the team is going to be balanced, but if the team is going to require him to throw, to do what he did at the end of the season last year, that's where their problems go. Cause that's where I, again, that's where I, I see them falling off. They, they're their first, what, six or seven games. They were doing very well on the ground. They had, yeah. they were averaging over 130 yards per game on rushing and they were, they, they were balancing the offense, making it tough to predict where they were going to go. When they started to have that stretch of games where you were like, mm, I don't know if this is sustainable, uh, it was when they started to throw the ball a whole bunch because they weren't used to the way that they were running the ball. Um, yeah. So that that that's my thing. It's good for the Steelers if they if they can find a way to balance that offense. It's bad for the Steelers if they don't. 
Yeah, because, you know, Ben Roethlisberger right now, the way he was playing, like you said, it did. for me, the thing about Ben at the end there, the, I mean, the decision making just went off a cliff, right? I mean, he just all of a sudden it just he was throwing the ball right to defenders. And of course, you're going to you're going to have that when you're exposing yourself to Ben throwing the ball 30, 40. I mean, it was 50 times a game yeah. at some points at the end of last season. I mean, there is a worry that I have, you know, if, if I'm Ben Roethlisberger right now and I'm thinking about coming back in 2021, I know he wants to bring all his boys back and all that, but. You know, father time is undefeated. And we saw this with Drew Brees, right? I mean, Drew Brees had an awful way out. And and look, going out the way that Ben would go out if he did retire right now against Cleveland, I mean, it was a, it was a bad way to exit. But I look at next season. I mean, there were there were games, Chris, in 2020 where Ben threw like 20 yards in the first half. I think he had the game against Cincinnati where he had, what, negative passing yards yeah. in the first half. I mean, is there is there a chance that, that 2021 just goes completely off the rails for Ben? And like, could we see Ben Roethlisberger benched in 2021? I mean, it would have to get really bad. Now, again, in those games, I, I, I didn't think Ben's problem was his physical ability. It was his mental processing. Right. He just he didn't see the field. And that that was what was most frustrating was like, how do you go from you were you were such you were playing so well, you were doing a great job, you were extremely efficient to being such a problem child for for an offense that's designed for you. Yeah. Uh, and that that was the most frustrating thing. It, again, if they can balance the offense and get it to the point where, like, look, Ben, we only need you to make, you know, five or ten tough calls a game when it comes to, you know, hitting tight passing windows or, you know, making brilliant decisions that, that, that slice open a defense. The other, you know, the other – we're only asking you to pass it 20, 25 to 30 times a game, and – you know, there's going to be about well, the majority of those are going to be easy passes because we're setting you up with the run game. Yeah. Um, it's like that, a circle that, of life. He goes back to his rookie season, right? He goes back back to exactly how he started. And, and to me, that's the, that's the ticket for winning. And this, and that's the thing, Tony, people, I, I've heard the conversation for years. Jason Whitlock said this, you know, seven years ago when he was like, is Mike Tomlin wasting Ben's best years? They get, the Steelers have given Ben Roethlisberger everything imaginable the right. best receiver in football the best running back in football a top five offensive line several very good secondary options at both running back and wide receiver um and year after year the Steelers offense was never number one right. and that's the thing is that Ben Roethlisberger just he's not he's not a, he's not the the super elite quarterback he's he's a he's a great quarterback he's a hall of famer he's a gritty quarterback but the the ticket to winning with him to me and i think the steelers are, are going to start to realize it this year is you need a great defense and you need a ground game and then you kind of just need him to come up in the in the big moments but trying to give him the weapons to be a supreme offense the way he wanted yeah it's just not the way you're absolutely right about the idea you know that they've surrounded ben with with his guys right? i mean the guys that he wanted around there right ryan switzer stuck around for maybe a little longer than it felt like he should have Randy Feigner as offensive coordinator was clearly a hire that Ben wanted, right? The Haley years with Ben, it, it really deteriorated there at the end. What do you make of the, of the hiring of Matt Canada, the quarterback coach from last season as offensive coordinator? You know, his style coming in, as I look at it, the amount of play action that he's going to want to run, the misdirection. Now I think about what Ben is right now, what Ben wants to be, and what he's really capable of as, as far as his mobility. Do these two mesh? I, I think they could mesh. If Ben is willing to submit to what is what this offense is going to be, yeah. not it's, it's not even going to be about him being uh, mobile. You got to understand this is this is a court. This is a coordinator who, when he was at Pitt, he had Nathan Peterman as yeah. his as his quarterback. Nathan Peterman's not no super mobile guy, uh, but 
they they the pit was able to use their their speedy guys to build off of him. And uh, Ben can be smart enough to just be like, hey, we're just gonna let this motion play out. And to me, that's when the the running game was working when Pitt was where the steel when the Steelers were using more and more of the motion that Canada had kind of worked into the wrinkles of the offense. But as the season goes on, the things that you're unfamiliar with start to be whittled out and they didn't have, they didn't have a real training camp to even get those things into the offense. Right. That's where I think the problem was. And so now with Matt Canada being the offensive coordinator, they're going to be able that now they, now he's going to be like, look, this is the offense. This isn't a wrinkle. This is the real deal. Right. I think it could work in that way, but uh, this is going to be up to Ben Roethlisberger. You know how how humble does he come into this season? You know he said, "I'm willing to take whatever pay cut the Rooney's are are are, are offering." Um, is he is he real about that? Does he come into this and, and say, "This is not you know this is Matt Canada's offense. This is it my this isn't my offense. This is not Randy Feetner's offense. This is uh this is something I need to adjust to." Yeah. Well, so, you know, whether or not the Steelers get Ben Roethlisberger back this year and he plays in 2021, they are going to have to start focusing on getting the future at quarterback, right? They need mm-hmm. someone behind Ben. Now, Art Rooney can talk about how he thinks Mason Rudolph can be a starter in this league, and and that's nice. Uh, he maybe could be a spot starter, uh, but I don't know that he's cert- certainly he's not the future of, of the quarterback here. What did you make of the signing of Dwayne Haskins from Washington in the offseason? You know, a lot of Steelers fans felt like this is, you know, this is high upside, low downside type thing. You know, they've got him on basically a – a futures contract, a minimum contract. What do you make of that signing? I mean, is that is that a play for the future? Or is that just a, a shot in the dark? Yeah, it's just a flyer. It's just yeah. the Steelers to being like, hey, if it works out, great. If it doesn't, who cares? We didn't lose anything. Um, yeah. yeah, I see that. I think that could be the decision at quarterback this year in the draft too. If if they if they get to the fourth or fifth round and Kellen Mond's sitting there, they're like, you know what? Bring him in here. Maybe he's great. Maybe he's Dak Prescott for us. And if he's Dak Prescott, then, then that you love that because then. You found your future quarterback, or you found the guy that you can say, "Hey, uh, let's ding, let's put him out here for a trade and get a big, big, big haul for him because someone's going to want to want a big piece for that." So, um, you know, the, I think that's absolutely the move. I think Steelers fans need to realize next year could be the year when the Steelers make a move at quarterback because you're going to have presumably. I'm presuming that they do not bring back Bud Dupree, they do not bring back Juju Smith-Schuster, they do not bring back James Conner. They could have two third round comp picks and maybe even a little bit more with all the different players that they're supposed to lose in this free agency period. Yeah. If that happens, Tony, you're talking about one, the Steelers would have the most cap space according to uh, all the research that's out there. And the cap space is going to be even bigger next year because they'll have 17 games in the regular season. Yeah. Um, and then, and then two, they'll have, a, they'll, they'll, they'll have a huge haul of, of draft picks. And that's where you can say, look, we can either trade and get and get a um, and get a get a veteran quarterback that right now is like Sean Watson, whoever's mad at their team next year, or <laughs> they can uh, they can use they can use the trade and say like, all right, we're making the move, let's get up into the top ten and get the quarterback we really want. Yeah. So, do, so in your mind though, does, does Dwayne Haskins like does does that preclude them from making any other quarterback moves this offseason? You think? I mean, you know, could they bring in like like let's say Jameis Winston, you know, wanted to come to Pittsburgh and and you know he could sit behind Ben for a little while and maybe be the future or something like that. Does that preclude that the fact that Haskins is on the roster now with Rudolph and Ben? No, it doesn't preclude that at all. I think that Haskins is purely another another camp arm. Uh, yeah. You know, he is just a guy who's going to need to prove himself when he gets to the Steelers. But they will take. I, I think they would happily welcome if if. Jameis Winston could come on the contract that he came on for the for the Saints. Steelers jump on yeah. that, and yeah. I think they would. 
Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. All right, we got to talk about these rumors though. Ed Bouchette uh, said on the radio the other day uh, the Steelers are looking at at quarterbacks in the draft, and there's one that they really like. Is it Trey Lance? Is it Justin Fields? Nope. Is it Mac Jones? Nope. It's Kyle Trask, the quarterback from Florida. Now, Chris, I don't know where you are in your in your draft evaluation right now. I haven't really watched Trask at all, but I am here. I am in Florida, so I've seen enough Gator games to know um, Kyle Trask ain't it. What? No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, no, get my. I here. mean, listen, you talked about the Steelers taking a quarterback in the fourth or fifth round. You know, Trask in the fourth or fifth is fine, but right. Trask seems like he's going to be a second or third round pick. And boy, if he were to get picked at 24, I mean, it, it, it just there, there are several Steelers fans who I've seen on Twitter and I understood them. They were like, if this happened, just put a paper bag over our heads. You just, <laughs> nah, just forget Stop about it. there. I, I'm, yeah, yeah, I, I remember. I remember you. you were there. But, but, but it, it'd be like that for the next like four or five years if they did that. And yeah. again, invest in the offensive line, invest at the running back, invest at other positions that need your help. Uh, Kyle Trask is not a first round quarterback. Yeah. Uh, he's a guy you take off. He, he's a he's like Kellen Mond. You take a, a flyer on him. It, 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 him and Mac Jones, they benefited from being on great programs that have a lot of talent around them. Yeah. Uh, but they're not consistent enough. I wouldn't touch him with a 39 and a half foot pole in the early <laughs> rounds. All right, so let's talk about running back then because the Steelers do need to improve at the running back position. First of all, let's just talk about this. There's is there any chance in your mind that they just they, they do the easy thing here and they just bring Connor back for another season? No, I, I don't. I, I mean, maybe if they get him on a super cheap contract um, and they say, ah, you can come back, but yeah. he's not the starter next year. They're going to invest. But when Mr. When Mr. Rooney says, we're, we're, you know, we need to make changes happen in the run game. Uh, you know, I, I talked to the, our, our guy, Dean and Pietro. Okay. He was, he was like, you know, well, but he said this, you know, four years ago. I was like, well, yeah, but four years ago, he thought that Le'Veon Bell was going to stick around. Right. And that didn't happen. And so that changed up the dynamics of how this this, this offense worked. Uh, but this year, they know who's around this year. There's no superstar running back that they're hoping comes back to the offense. Now they need to invest, and I I think this is the year where they're like, okay, we either get someone in free agency or we draft somebody. Yeah, and so th- there was rumors this week that they were going to be look that the Steelers are going to be interested in Aaron Jones. Although you know, given the Steelers cap situation, I mean Ben would have to take yeah, you'd have to take a hell of a pay cut to make that work. Aaron Jones, I think would be would be like the 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 right type of addition though, right? Someone who can be a good runner, but he can be good in the passing game, pass protection, all that. I mean, the Steelers, you know, when I look at the running back position, Chris, I'm thinking maybe the Steelers maybe lean on a veteran here more than a rookie just because they need someone, you know, there's Benny Snell's not good in pass protection. Anthony McFarland hasn't shown it yet. So if you're going to bring someone in, who's going to be kind of a three down guy, I don't know. I mean, I know Najee Harris can be that guy, but other than that in the draft, is there another player that they could trust right away? I mean, I, I think Travis Etienne could be that guy. He's he's he, he was very good for Clemson in a lot of different roles. Yeah. Um, I think Javante Williams is big enough to be that guy. I don't know if Michael Carter is. He's he's a smaller back. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. I I'd say uh I I'd I'd say Najee Harris. And the, the thing with Aaron Jones is that if you're paying him to do this, you are cu- taking up cap space to do this. If you draft the guy, that's four or five years of yeah. Of, of, of a young running back where you're not paying him a ton of money. You're right. just and you're even prime years too, prime years of the exactly. running back. Exactly. Like yeah. you're get, so like that's why I don't think they go for Aaron Jones. I think that they're like, look, Benny Snell, you better just get better at, at pass protection. Yeah. Um, and the, the rest of you guys figure it out or you're gonna be gone. And then if they again, if they make a move, they they bring back Connor for super duper cheap. He's your number two guy. And they draft a dude to be the number one guy. But it's yeah. it, to, to me, the answer cannot be just more of the same at running back. 
No, I mean, I guess, I guess there's. Where, how do you think McFarland plays in next year? Because McFarland did play with Canada for that one year at Maryland, right. right? And you know, he was brought in last year. Didn't really get a hat at the end of at the end of last season. How does he figure? In? Does he figure in at all? I think they try to work him in on third downs and on maybe okay. on passing downs. And and Canada does like to get uh different with his offense he'll run more jet sweeps he'll spread you out he'll figure out ways to try and isolate players and that's Mm -hmm. what he does with his motion is that he tries to get let's say okay the trick here of this play is to isolate the defensive end and put him in a tough position to make a decision and Andrew McFarlane's speed and quickness and space is the part of that but he has to be good at making people miss he wasn't good at that last year yeah that's true yeah his his seems like his vision uh just wasn't wasn't there uh, for portions of the year. All right, let's talk about the salary cap because the Steelers are going to be in a bit of a cap crunch this year. I mean, that's why they're going to be losing so many players in free agency. Yep. We did get some good news uh, in the past couple of days that the salary cap may be higher than that 175 floor that they had talked about. In fact, it, it seems like it may be in the range of 185, maybe even 190. So that's that's another 10, 15 million dollars just automatically for. And this is this is before Ben even takes his pay cut, right? Because right. obviously going to open up some things. Um, all right, so. Uh, to me, there are there are like three priority free agents for the Steelers that, that they have coming up, right? Bud, Juju, and Mike Hilton. Mm-hmm. Of those three, if you got the extra 10 or 15, which one are you signing? Um, I mean, <laughs> the the dream would be Bud, but okay. it's, just, it's just not realistic. Um, well, he is coming off of an ACL. I mean, I guess you can make a case that he might take like a one-year prove-it deal just because of the ACL, right? There's maybe John Clayton said that he he's going to make $6 million this year in free agency. Six? Yeah. Yeah. I'll so, take, I'll take two. I'll, right. <laughs> I, I would, I would, I would sign him in a heartbeat, but so John Clayton said that on rate on 93.7, the fan here in Pittsburgh, Bud Dupree literally saw that post the, so the, the person who tweeted it and just put a bunch of laughing emojis. Uh, okay. So like, he's like, yeah, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> if, if if he if he did take six million dollars, oh yes, the Steelers would be like ding ding ding, let's go. Yeah. We got we could bring him back. Yeah, you could bring Bud and Hilton back or something, right? Right. right. Um, I, I think the top the, the first free agents you'll see signed by the Steelers uh, to bring back are Zach Banner and Cameron Sutton. I think that okay. that yeah. Banner's made it all but clear that he's going to be back this year. He uh, he was a cheap option for them last year. He only played half of a game. So what? No teams coming in and giving him a Chris Hubbard tr- contract. You know what I mean? Right. So um, that's his decision. Cameron Sutton is too vital for this defense because he plays outside corner and slot and helps in zones and stuff. Uh, I, I think it would be great to bring Mike Hilton back, but the problem with Mike Hilton is that he's on, he's only useful in the slot. He's not useful outside. You know, at, at you know at, at, at the number yeah. one or number two cornerback spot. So um, they'll prioritize those two guys and then they'll see what happens after that. If the, if the salary cap is moved up considerably by 10 or $15 million and they get pounced to retire and they make a, take a huge chunk out of Ben's contract, then you're sitting there and saying, Hmm, maybe we make another move. Maybe we get Hilton. Maybe we add some depth on the offensive line. Maybe we do this. Because Tyson Olulu, I think, needs to come back next year. Yeah, it's true. Um, We're gonna need yeah, something in nose tackle. Right, right. They need something in nose tackle and something that's gonna be on someone that's gonna be reliable on that second pairing of interior defensive linemen when Stephon Tewitt and Cam Hayward are taking a break. Yeah. Um so there needs to be those kind of type of moves, but the big names, uh Juju Smith Schuster, Bud Dupree. Those are the guys I see not coming back because they're just. I mean, again, you look at the number that they could make. Juju could make 
15 million dollars a year Bud Dupree yeah. in, in this in the same range uh they're getting that kind of respect you know Villanueva I don't think they want him back um uh you know maybe maybe Matt Filer because of his his versatility to play guard and tackle yeah um, and a depth piece there on the offensive line yeah right right um but but yeah like but James Connor I, I just I don't see the value unless he again unless he agrees to a super duper cheap comp contract um you know maybe they keep a Spillane but most, yeah. most most of these guys are gone next year. And then, then that leaves enough room for the first deal. Every Steeler fan's dream to come true. They finally get JJ Watt and Derek Watt and TJ Watt all together on the same team. Uh, all right, let's talk about, so yeah, well, Ben wants to bring his guys back though. So you're talking about no Juju, no Pouncey. You sure about that? I mean, Ben, Ben really wants those guys back. He does, but this is where I would be like, you said you were willing to work with us. Yeah, yeah. This, compromise. This is, what, this is what we're talking about. You know, it's like how the Steelers and Ben are in counseling. Right, exactly. It's it's like now, Ben. What are you willing to give up? I want to give my cap space back for you guys to get Juju. It's like okay, but you know what? No, if you going to get, if you want to stick around, that's what you need to do is get cap space. If you want to get Juju, you gotta you gotta eliminate all your all your your dead money and everything. And that, that just ain't happening. <laughs> it's just impossible. Yeah, so, yeah, it's impossible. So yeah, um, and, and the thing is, is like, look, Ben, we're going this way with you or without you. We love to have you, so come with us. But right. if, if you can't come with us, sorry. Yeah. I mean, okay, so let's say Pouncey doesn't retire, though, right? He comes back. The, the Steelers aren't going to cut him, right? If he, if he decides he's not going to retire, I, I would be very surprised if they – they I guess they did this to Palomalo in the past, so it wouldn't be un-Steeler-like. But is there – could the Steelers – like, we, we talked about upgrading the offensive line, and I do think the Steelers are going to take, you know, offensive tackle in the draft. I think they could take a guard as well just for a depth perspective, a center certainly. But is it possible the Steelers' offensive line, the starting offensive line week one is already, like, on the roster today? It would just be Zach Banner at left tackle, Dotson at left guard. And then you just go Pouncey, DeCastro, Okora uh, four, and that's your starting day one offensive line. It's possible if if the first pick isn't an offensive lineman. If the first round pick is an offensive lineman, I think that person is plugged in. Um, but if it's if it's a running back and then an offensive lineman in, in round two, I can see that person being worked into the offense. Gotcha. Um, especially if because the thing is, is that there's no supreme center in this draft. You know, Creed Humphrey is a guy I think goes in the second round. Landon Dickerson second or third. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's some guys that you could uh, you could wait till later. Like Quinn Myers, um, you know, you could pick up in the fourth or fifth round, maybe. Um, Jimmy Morrissey from Pitt, I think, would be an option. But center and tackle are the two places you're drafting. If you draft a guard, you're not doing anything with that this year. The Castro and Dotson are your guys, right? Um, and, and for offensive tackle, you know, you're you're drafting somebody that's going to need to beat out either Banner or a core for. So, uh, and, and center is the tricky position because if you if you get rid of Pouncey, you need a center right now. Yeah, yeah, that that is that is a absolutely must have. And I saw Lance Lance Zerlin actually had uh, Dickerson, the, the center from Alabama, mocked in the first round, which I thought was very high. Yeah, very high. Would, but just 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 position, you know, just for the position itself. You don't see a lot of centers in the first round, at least not recently. Um, so yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I'm there. I'm I'm there with you. Second, maybe third round to take a center to if if you're gonna. I mean, you probably need to take one anyway, right? Because if Pouncey's coming back, it's one year. He's coming back for one year. So right, you got it. You got to get somebody in there for the future. No, I agree. Yeah, that's the thing. It's you're building you're building the offensive line for the future, not just right now. Yeah. Um, if Pouncey comes back, it's very temporary. It's just the guy who's playing right now. If you need, if you're building an offensive line for the future, he's just he's just around for this year. And Ben Pouncey, he's made it clear he's here as long as Ben is. Uh, so you know, yeah. and that's ultimately what you're looking at Ben most likely for. So so yeah. So the thing is with with uh, with the offense, 
um, the offense, especially the offensive line, you you want to start building for the future now. Now, granted, you started that with with Kevin Dodson. You maybe have that with a core four banner, but um, and, and I think the Castro will be a lot better this year. He he came into this year hurt. A lot of people forget that. Yeah, yeah. You know, training camp was a nightmare for him. He was not playing. I mean, remember the first month he barely played. He did. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He's right. Yeah. He didn't, so, I don't think he didn't practice at camp for like what the first three weeks or something like that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so for me, there's a lot of there's there's a lot of things that the offensive line could get in serious improvements next year. Banner could be a really good offensive tackle, or at least a decent offensive tackle. Uh, DeCastro can get back to his all pro ways. Kevin yeah. Dotson's going to be a supreme guard. The question is going to be can a core four step up and improve, and can they get a center who will play very well? I don't think that uh, Pouncey is that guy anymore. He's uh, the, the, his role would be if he comes back, it's like, look, you're taking a huge pay cut and you're just kind of calling the things out. We're not relying on you to be a dominant center. Yeah. And they have a new offensive line coach now, Adrian Clement. He's, you know, I know a lot of Steelers fans were doubting him when he first got announced, but he's saying all the right things. Right? He had the interview the other day where he was talking about what we need to do is be more physical. Right. Yes, please. I think yes, that's, please. yeah, that, that is going to ring true in, in, you know, in all of Pittsburgh for sure. Although I don't know, is, I mean, is physicality a, is that a mental thing? Or are you just, you just are, or you aren't right. Is it, is it a mental thing? It, it's a practice thing. I, I think the Steelers offensive line based off of how they were operating as an offense, their focus in practice was pass protection was just being passive. Make sure Ben don't get touched because yeah. that was what killed them in 2019. Now it's going to be like, look, forget about Ben. I mean, don't forget about Ben, but, <laughs> but, but the emphasis ain't just protecting him. He's right. going to have to be a big boy because we we run in the ball and we run in play action, yeah. and he and there's going to be risk to him. He needs to understand that and still protect himself. Uh, and I think that's where Clem's going to bring in, bring his a game. And I thought it was very interesting how um, you know Zach Banner spoke set up. We wanted Clem and, yeah. and and stepped up, but then also former offensive lineman Trey Essex and Ramon Foster were both like, no, this is the guy you want. You know, Essex yeah. brought up a great, excuse me, a great point. The assistant offensive line coach is the guy who works with the rookies and the backups. And guess, and he was like, guess who had his hands all over uh, Kevin Dotson last year? Right. But Adrian Clem. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's the thing. Because I thought, man, maybe Sarah's getting a bad rap here because like he did do a great job with Dotson. But like you said, if, if it was more Clem working with Dotson, well, then this makes a ton of sense that they're like, hey, right. uh, we're, we're going to need to rebuild this offensive line. And you've done a great job with the fourth round pick. So... All right, let's talk about the defense going into next season because we know we you know we talk about the offense. We got it. We got to fix running. They, they, the Steelers got to fix running back. They got to fix uh, the offensive line. The Steelers have taken defensive players in the, last, in the first round forever. It feels like it doesn't feel like that's going to be happening this year though, right? I mean, there's, if, if they're going to take a, a, yeah. a the, the player they take in the first round, has got to be an offensive player, right? It would take someone falling considerably uh, to, to to make that happen. Now, granted, that could that could happen. Um, I, I could see four quarterbacks going in the top ten. Yeah. Um, which would change up that you know that 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 component considerably. Is one of them um, Kyle Trask so that we don't have that happen? <laughs> I mean, I, I I wish it could be. I don't think it would. I don't think he would. Um, but uh, but I mean, you're looking at you know Trevor Lawrence, uh, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance. Those guys gone in yeah, the top yeah. ten. Yep. Maybe someone reaches for a Mac Jones. Maybe someone gets desperate because that does happen in the NFL. The Steelers just need to not be that team, and. You got guys like Micah Parsons, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, and Zayvon and Zayvon Collins, who people are reaching for in the first round. If if one of those top, two, I'm not sure about Zayvon Collins, but if Micah Parsons or Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, if those if one of those guys falls to 24, which would be insane, yeah, uh, that would be the time. Like, okay, we're throwing caution to the wind. 
Pick a linebacker because another the, linebacker, really. I, I mean, when you put that guy next to Devin Bush, you're so, yeah. you're set for yeah, the next yeah. five years. You don't have to worry about the linebacker position at all. And, and, and even if one went down, the other would be the primary linebacker that could go sideline to sideline, cover and hit people in the hole. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but again, I don't think any of those guys drop. The realistic expectation here is you go, you wait at 24. I think that both Etienne and Harris are going to be there for you. And the question will be what offensive tackles are going to be available to you. Cause I don't see any centers really worthy of a first round pick. You know, right. is it Liam Eichenberg? I, Alex Leatherwood was beat my guy, but he did not look well good in the senior bowl. He, he, he kind of confirmed a lot of people's criticisms that he's more of a guard than an offensive tackle. Um, so maybe you're waiting for a Jalen Mayfield. Maybe you're lo- hoping that Rashawn Slater falls to you. L- Liam Eichenberg would be the next guy. I'm not sure if I'd take Samuel Cosby in the first round. Um, so, you know, if, if I'm in that position, then I'm like, yeah, running back. But it, it, to me, it has to be offense. Now, granted, uh, last year's first pick technically was well, – not technically, it was their first pick. It was just the second round was yeah, yeah. Case Claypool. So, right. um, so you know, it, it wasn't a first-round pick, but they showed some emphasis there to, re, to rebuild the offense. But you're, but you're right. You know, all the first-round picks have been on defense because they've been trying to rebuild a great defense uh, for the Steelers. And I think part of that has been acknowledging, you know, what – our attempt to pay a lot of money on offense hasn't worked. Yeah. It hasn't developed, uh, you know, a number one offense because they do not have the quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, like Tom Brady, like Aaron Rodgers to run it. Um, you know, Ben's again, Ben's a great quarterback, but he's not a super elite quarterback. And um, you, to, to win with him, you're going to need a great defense and a, and a balanced offensive offensive attack. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I think, you know, it's, I think it's, you know, I'm not trying to hit on Ben here, but I think you know, he's a top 15 quarterback at this point, mm-hmm. you know, with, with how he's playing, you know, if you think you know, he, he is physically limited in some ways, uh, but then you know, the decision-making like we talked about is, is a, is a big problem. For him. What about cornerback? Could cornerback sneak in at the, you know, you got, you got uh, Hayden may retire or I mean, not retire, but he may, this may be his last year mm-hmm. uh, as a Steeler. And then, you know, with Sutton potentially going or, or staying and then Hilton uh, leaving, they don't. I don't know that they love Justin Lane. Certainly, so you may have a, a situation where you can bring another outside corner in the rotation and, and long term to replace uh, Hayden. I mean, that that's it would take someone falling. Yeah. Um, you know, I made a promise to someone in the group because someone mock drafted uh, Patrick Sertan at at twenty four to the Steelers. Oh, well, I'm for that. Like, if Patrick Sertan fell to, I would do five shots of tequila on air on Locked On Steelers. Let's like, do it. Uh, right, I, I, it's it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, yep, I mean, yep. I'll just, yeah, I won't recover. The show probably won't get finished, but um, <laughs> it will happen. Yeah, uh, might come out on a Tuesday, but you know, whatever. Right, right, yeah, like 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 the well, because remember, because that'll be the first night. So it, 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 that, oh, that's right, Tuesday, that'll be the Thursday night. That's right. right. So, but it still might come out on th- Thursday because I'll be just <laughs> in, in a drunken void um, uh, until then. Uh, yeah. But but the, the, that's what it has to be. Now I, I'm. J.C. Horn is exciting. I think that he'd be good. But, again, for, for at the 24th pick in the first round, you, you need a guy who's going to help you now-ish. And right. if J.C. Yeah. Horn picked, most likely he's he's your third option at quarterback, maybe fourth option if, if they bring back Sutton. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't mind them picking a cornerback in the in – the, you know, I, I even say the second round is rough. Third or fourth round. I think that they got some. They, they can get Ifiatu Melifonwu. Um, I, I think Sean Wade could fit there. Could fit what they're looking for and test and and test the waters there. Yeah. Um, and getting Sean the, Wade yeah. could actually play safety a little bit too. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then you have some some depth there. Um, you know, Asante Samuel Jr. 
I think could be an option in the middle rounds. But your first two picks, I think you want to be offense. Um, but if again, if 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 the dream comes true and Patrick Sertan or Caleb Farley probably falls to you, absolutely be like, you know what? You don't get too many options to pick the best cornerbacks in the draft. Let's do that this year. Right. Right, because it's not it's not the Artie Burns situation where they're like, oh god, we need a corner, and William yeah. Jackson's already off the board, so let's just yeah. take a guy. This is this is would be a situation where it's like, wait, this is the, the David DeCastro all over again, right? Well, I don't think the Steelers intended on taking DeCastro because he shouldn't have been there when they picked, but he just right. happened to be there, and so hey, you know, when in Rome. Um, all right, uh, Chris, thank you for joining me here on Steeler Country. Happy to have you. We're gonna have you back for for sure, uh, but thank you for for coming on and let people know where they can find your work. Absolutely. Tony, thanks so much for having me on Steeler Country. This is a lot of fun. Uh, I miss doing this with you all the time. Um, you can find me, guys, on Twitter, at Carter Critiques. If you follow me, I'll follow you back. It's also my handle on Instagram. Um, if you want to listen to me daily, I do the Locked on Steelers podcast. If you want to read read my work, I cover the University of Pittsburgh's football and basketball teams, and I cover the Steelers for DKPittsburghSports.com. Um, you can read my work there. I also do podcasts for them. I host their our uh, H2P podcast on Pitt. I also do Steelers draft and, and uh, weekly draft and uh, weekly Steelers shows for them on their the DK Sports Radio Network. So I'm all over the place. And you can also find me at WPXI Channel 11 in Pittsburgh. I occasionally appear on ESPN Pittsburgh, 93.7 The Fan, Steel Nation Radio. Like, like Tony said, I'm all over the place. So check me out. Uh, hope, Turn your computer on. Turn your TV on. He's there. You can't miss him. <laughs> I'm making a list and I'm checking it twice. Um, but uh, but absolutely, if you ever want to just check out my content, there's a lot of different ways to do that. Yeah, make sure you guys are subscribed to Locked On Steelers daily podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network. Chris is the host and I'm on there on Tuesday. So make sure you guys are subscribed to that. Thank you all for watching and listening. And I'll be back later this week with more Steeler Country.